Down Syndrome Queensland are the peak body for intellectual disability in Queensland. We drive change, support inclusion and are on a quest for equality so that people with intellectual disabilities can take their rightful place as valuable members of the community. Down Syndrome Queensland also provides practical and emotional support, comfort and opportunities to people with intellectual disability, their families and support networks, particularly in regional areas. DSQ supports an inclusive environment for people with an intellectual disability, which allows them to live their best lives. We believe it is important to respect the rights of parents to choose the development path that is best for their loved one. DSQ is here to support them along the way. To find out more about how you can help, to volunteer or to support the work of Down Syndrome Queensland, go to downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the band we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders past, present and emerging. The Now in the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. Hello and welcome to today's Now and the Future podcast episode. I'm Joel, the Education Consultant at Down Syndrome Queensland, and my role involves supporting teachers and educators to support students with Down Syndrome in their most inclusive learning environment. In today's episode, I discuss four things you need to know when you have a student with Down Syndrome enrolling at your school. Now, obviously, there are plenty of things that you need to know. However, this podcast aims to give some basic understandings and points to consider upon enrolment. If you would like to know more about our educational services at DSQ, you can head to our website at www.downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. Or if you're within Australia, you can give us a call on 07-335-6655. The title of this podcast is Four Things That You Need To Know When You Have A Student With Down Syndrome Enrolling At Your School. The content of this podcast is aimed towards teachers, including teacher raids within a mainstream learning environment. However, much of this content will also be applicable to educators working in specialised education settings and also within early childhood settings. So, you've just been told that you've got a new student coming into your class and that they have a diagnosis of Down syndrome. How are you feeling? I know as an educator myself, when I would find out that I was going to have a new student that had a diagnosis or a disability, I would feel apprehensive and sometimes a little bit fearful. And I think that that is completely normal. Us teachers, we strive to do well. We want to do the best by our kids and we want to make sure that we're getting things right. And so that fear and that worry and that apprehension 
can come from perhaps the unknown surrounding the diagnosis or the disability. So what I want to do today is to take you through four things that will hopefully diminish that fear and that apprehension and make you feel a little bit more comfortable as you navigate this educational journey with your student who has a diagnosis of Down syndrome. So the first thing that I want you to know is that you are not alone. There are plenty of educators right across this state and across this nation who are currently teaching a student with Down syndrome in a mainstream learning environment. You are definitely not alone. In my role as education consultant at Down Syndrome Queensland, one of the very first comments or statements that a lot of educators make to me is this. They will say, I've never taught a student with Down syndrome before and they're really worried and they really feel like they are the only educator on earth that has never taught a student with Down syndrome before. And I have to reassure them that our population of people with Down syndrome in Australia isn't huge. So most educators haven't taught someone with Down syndrome before. Despite Down syndrome being the most common chromosomal condition in the world, the actual population size is still not overly significant, particularly compared to other disabilities um, or diagnoses. So you are definitely not alone. You're not alone in your worries and you're not alone in perhaps the apprehension that you're feeling. And you're also not alone in being an educator of someone with Down syndrome, even though many educators have not taught someone with Down syndrome. What we like to say, or what we like to see, or both, is that our schools are equitably loaded. So we shouldn't walk into a mainstream school that has a lot of students with Down syndrome in it. It should, the percentage of students with Down syndrome should reflect really the percentage of people with Down syndrome in community because our schools are really mini communities and they are reflections of our community. Sometimes what happens is that when schools do things well, when it comes to disability, they become known as what we call a lighthouse school where they then tend to attract a lot of students with that same disability to the school. So when I go into a school and say the school has about 700 students in it, then I should really only see one, maybe two students with Down syndrome in that school. So the conception rate for Down syndrome is around one, six to 700. So that's really what we should see in our schools because a lot of educators also get a little bit freaked out that the student that they have with Down syndrome is the only student with Down syndrome in that school. So you are definitely not alone. However, you may be alone within your school, meaning that you can't go and speak to the year six teacher or the year three teacher because they've got a student with Down syndrome as well. So this is where it's important to make sure that you're connected, not only to us as in Down syndrome Queensland, but also try and connect nationally where you can with other educators 
with other professional networks so that you can feel really well supported. I will let you know that in 2022, DSQ will be launching a brand new um, professional teaching cluster, which is for Queensland teachers who have a student with Down syndrome in their class for 2022. And it's a place where we, um, an online space that we can come together a few times over the year and share content and stories and ask questions and also reflect on our successes. So what's the second thing that you need to know? Well, if you've met one person with Down syndrome, you've met one person with Down syndrome. And this is applicable within the educational setting. If you have had a student with Down syndrome, then you've had one student with Down syndrome. And the next student with Down syndrome that comes along is going to be completely different. It's really important that we understand that the diversity that exists within the neurotypical population is the same diversity that exists amongst people with a disability, including people with Down syndrome. What seems to happen for people with Down syndrome is that there's these unusual stereotypes that have kind of stuck to the community of people with Down syndrome. I guess to give you an example is the stereotype that you may have heard before that people with Down syndrome are always happy. Now, I have a bit of a running joke since I have a child with Down syndrome that if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I might not be a millionaire, but I'd be well into the hundreds, if not thousands of dollars here. I don't know why this is a stereotype that's come about, nor why it's stuck. My daughter certainly isn't happy all the time. I'm certainly not happy all the time. And people with Down syndrome that I know are certainly not happy all the time. But it's stereotypes like these that we've heard over the years that tend to influence our perception and our understanding of the diagnosis. And they go against actually knowing and finding out about the person that we have with Down syndrome in our lives. One of the most effective learning and teaching principles is to know your learner. And that is completely the same. It's relevant and vital that when you have a student with Down syndrome, you get to know them as a learner. And part of that is knowing them as a person. At the beginning of the year, it's always great to find out about all of your students. You know, what do they like to eat? Do they have a brother or sister? How do they like to use their spare time? Do they have any hobbies or sports that they do? Um, how, what do they like the classroom to be like when they enter at the beginning of the day? Where do they like to venture off to at lunchtime? And these are questions that are also really important when you have a student with Down syndrome, it's all about knowing your learner. And at this time, it's about putting the diagnosis aside and just focusing on the student. Now, the challenge may be here that the student might not be able to provide you with verbal responses to your questions. So not only do you need to have a really great relationship with your student with Down syndrome, but also with their family um, members. This is really helpful when it comes to communication. It's great to have a preferred method of communication 
um, between you and parents or the family members. And it's also wonderful to have a preferred method of communication for the student. How are they going to communicate in your classroom? And if you were doing this finding out about your activity at the beginning of the year, how can they provide the responses if they're unable to provide them verbally? They may provide them through photos, a slideshow, um, pointing to pictures, um, maybe even some short videos of things. But this is when it is really important to set up those relationships um, at the beginning of the year with your parents so that this kind of information can flow easily between school and home. So you need to know your learner, but yeah, you also do need to know about the diagnosis. And this is where it's important to connect in with um, associations such as us here at Down Syndrome Queensland. And it can also be connecting with the students, uh, allied health professionals, uh, therapists and doctors, uh, if the family members and parents are okay with this. One word of caution here, though, is that a lot of our students with Down syndrome are NDIS participants. Sometimes the NDIS reports written by allied health professionals really um, don't paint our students with Down syndrome in the most positive light. They're very deficit written uh, in order to gain funding. So it's always wonderful if you do get a report like that to be able to have the chance to be able to speak with the allied health professional as well to get some context of what that actually looks like for your student in the classroom. So know your learner and also know about the diagnosis because if you've met one person with Down syndrome, you've met one person with Down syndrome. So what's the third thing that you need to know? The third thing, sadly, is that there is no magic wand. And I hate to break it to you. I would love, as part of my role as education consultant at Down Syndrome Queensland, to have a magic wand sometimes, to be able to go in and solve some of the challenges and difficulties that are happening within schools. But sadly, such as life, we don't have a magic wand for any of our students. And that can, you know, almost come as a surprise to some of us. We're really hoping that at those troublesome times and those difficult times there's just a known strategy or a known set of strategies that are absolutely going to be working when they're implemented. So what I say to you here is that it's really important to be what I call a risk-taking, mistake-making school. To have the confidence and the guts to get out there and just give things a go, just as you do with any students in your classroom. And I guess from this, I want you to know that you have permission when things aren't going great to just pause, to just backtrack a bit, to speak to someone, to strategize and to implement something new. You don't have to keep going down the same path when something is really not going well. But it is also important if you do implement a new strategy to obviously be consistent in your rollout of it, 
but to give it a go for a few weeks because we know that things can take time to change. And what's the last thing that we need to know? Well, the last thing that you need to know is there will be academic gaps. In fact, there will be developmental gaps quite often across all developmental domains for your student with Down syndrome. As teachers, we have a lot of pride and it uh, can also be really difficult for us to watch a child struggle. We're often very empathetic creatures. Um, you know, we strive to do our best and give our learners every opportunity that they can have. And it can be disheartening when we have a little one who isn't progressing, um, I guess, at the same rate as their age equivalent peers. So from the outset, I want you to know that when you have a student with Down syndrome in your classroom, the expectation is that they are not going to be keeping up with their peers. Now, they may in some areas, um, but where there are gaps, it's okay. And I found, again, with, within my role as an education consultant, that sometimes this is about ensuring that the teachers know this, that there will be um, developmental gaps. And other times it's also been reassuring parents that it's okay for these developmental gaps um, to be there. Quite often we can see these gaps also widen as students get older. And this is due to the intellectual disability that people with Down syndrome have. So when you have an intellectual disability, those higher order thinking skills, such as analysing and judging and evaluating are difficult. Um, and the lower order thinking skills, the more concrete, less abstract skills are easier to pick up. And we know that Australian curriculum becomes more um, analytical, um, you know, as, as the students get older. So, you know, there will be those gaps there. And that, again, is okay. So as a teacher, you are not there in your role trying to play catch up. Um, and you're also not going to feel disheartened because the student isn't catching up, are you? So what do you need to do? Well, you need to figure out where your student is sitting within the Australian curriculum. And for some of our students, that can be a highly individualised curriculum using the general capabilities. Um, for other students, it may just be aspects of the achievement standard coupled with the general capabilities. Um, students with Down syndrome can quite often be working at a different uh, year level juncture. And that's where it's really great with the Australian curriculum because um, it's so nested developmentally. So you can come down year levels and find um, the content that is applicable to your student. So what we don't want is the student working on something that is completely different to the rest of the class. We want them to be working on similar, same um, conceptual knowledge at a less complex level. Um, and we want them to be, um, you know, we want to be planning for progression at their own rate. So I see within my role at DSQ when I'm out in schools, I see children, students at all different um, 
year-level junctures in their learning, and I see all different rates of progression. So some students will take a much longer time to progress, but so long as there is individual progression and celebrating those successes as we go, then that's okay. Um, I do want you to know that although it can be challenging to be planning and understanding how to, you know, modify curriculum, um, how to have a student in your class that's, you know, at a very different year level juncture compared to your other students, by having a student with Down syndrome in your class, you will become a better teacher. Your pedagogical growth will be amazing. And I can guarantee you at the end of the year, even if it's been a really difficult year, you will look back and you will be able to see the growth that you've had and the new tools and strategies that you're able to add to your education toolkit. So hang in there. Those gaps are normal. There will be gaps. We just need to accept them as we accept the student and we accept their diagnosis. So I thought today we'd finish off with a little interview with a very special little person that I know quite well. And her name is? Josie. Josie. So Josie is my youngest child and Josie has a diagnosis of Down syndrome and she attends a mainstream school here in Brisbane after we've recently shifted from Harvey Bay. So I thought it would be fun to maybe have a little talk about school with my own child. Thank you, Josie, for coming in today to talk to Mum. Yeah. So you've moved to a new school recently. Yeah. And can you tell everybody what grade you're in? You do. You too. That's right. I'm just 2B. 2B is your class. That's right. <laughs> And do you enjoy your new school? Yeah, I do my new school. Yeah. It took a little while to settle in, didn't it? It's taken a while ago. Yeah, it has taken a little while because it's a new, everything's new. Teachers yeah. are new, school's new and everything, but it's been really good, hasn't it? Yeah. Can you tell me what you enjoy at school? Oh, I enjoy is maths. You enjoy maths? What is maths? What's maths about? Maths is about numbers. It is about numbers, that's right. What kind of numbers do you like? I like hundreds, and ones. You do like doing hundreds, tens and ones, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Do you enjoy reading? Yeah. You're a good reader, aren't yeah. you? You've worked hard on your reading. What about writing? Yeah. Do you really like writing? I do like writing. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to get some homework yeah. done when there's writing, but we're getting there. Yeah. Um, so, Josie, tell me, at your new school, you've made some new friends? I've got new friends. That's great. And can you tell me, what do you and your friends like to play at lunchtime? Um, handball. Handball. You're pretty good at handball, hey? Yeah. yeah. I'm still very good at handball at my friends. Yeah. I know you're good at handball because I've played against you before. Yeah. Very good. And who helps you with your learning at school? I'm learning about this school is... No, who helps you? Oh, Miss Newman. Yeah. And is Miss Newman your teacher? Yeah. 
Do you have more than one teacher? I got Dr. Jones. Yeah. I miss Newman. You've got Dr. Jones and Miss Newman. You've got two teachers, haven't you? Yeah. Josie has a job share situation at school. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your school? Uh, I like the uh, like to think about our school is numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you are a bit fixated on numbers at the moment. You yeah, do. but I, I like school is School's the best. It's the best, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's quite funny because where your mummy works, Josie, yeah. is right next to your school, isn't it? Yeah, on my playground. <laughs> yeah, right, next to your, <laughs> right next to your playground. So sometimes yeah. I have a little bit of a sticky bit at you at lunchtime. Yeah. And you are always playing beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see. All right, Josie, thank you so much for talking to your mum. You're welcome, mum. <laughs> I love you. Oh, I love you too. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Down syndrome Queensland website at downsyndrome.org.au slash QRD. Down syndrome, Queensland, supporting people with Down syndrome now and into their future.